This is The Topic is Trek, episode 134, for Friday, March 24th, 2023. Coming up in this episode, do we have a date? The Sound of Music. Picard continues to get the band back together. All that and more, right now on The Topic is Trek. Unlimited Data. Welcome to The Topic is Trek, the podcast that runs on impulse power. Join us for a journey where no show has gone before. If it has to do with Star Trek, there's a good chance we'll talk about it. Sooner or later, because on this show, The Topic is Trek. Engage already. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another thrill-packed edition of The Topic is Trek. I am Clinton, one of your co-hosts here on the show. And as I always point out, in order to be a co-host, there have to be other hosts. So, beaming in to join me from parts unknown with the hip new catchphrase that all the kids are talking about out there, it's Mr. Craig Stapp. Rut row. Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> you don't have the universal translator. You don't know what that means, so it could work out. It means, oh, sh- no, I ain't going to say that. No, okay. Leave that to the people on Star Trek to do that's that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And also beaming in to join us is Mr. Chuck Tomasi. Hello. And uh, a note that the title of the show is Unlimited Data, but I counted on the screen on your opening card. There were six. Well, but it, they go off the they go off the side. Oh, it's like one of those vanishing perspective things. Exactly. Yeah, there's more to come. And Craig, we really got to work on your special effects on the video. I, you didn't even like beam in. There was just a sound effect. No Maybe sparkling. I do like, this, like beam in. Come. Yeah, his his <laughs> his, his standing desk just raises up so he appears in the frame. That's right. <laughs> and you hear the clunk 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 clunk. like this. That's right. It's just well, gentlemen, I hope you had a, a good couple of weeks while we were off. Anything exciting happened in the world of Trek for you guys? Uh, get, any, get any new clothing, uh, props or anything? Well, actually, I did. Oh, go ahead, oh. Chuck. Were you going to say something? I had a birthday, and Craig got me a very nice a new soldering iron. Oh, yeah. That's which right. arrived ah. while we were recording Technorama. <laughs> <laughs> I made him stop the show. Well, you were there, Clinton. And my birthday is no, not yes. for another yes. three days. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> Yeah, I made him go outside and out to the, the, uh, there's, the door. There's nothing like recording a podcast and someone says, get off the microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's funny. So how do you like, like it? Yeah. It it's, works it's very a, well. I have, I have tested it very extensively, putting uh, an RJ45 block onto a printed circuit board and putting some headers on the same board. It, it works very well. It's nice and light, nice and small, and uh, does the job quite well. Good. Thank you. Most excellent. And uh, I have never uh, shown you guys this at Christmas time. I got a little, we have a, a Yankee swap type of thing. Yes. And I got a little, a little television set. I don't know if oh, I saw, I saw those online. 
Right. So this one, let's see if I can get this to work properly. And all it plays um, is Star Trek. I see myself in there. <laughs> if I bring this up, it's going to It's messing be with mess. the green screen. <laughs> so let's try to do this. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's I don't the... know if you he could hear any of that, but let's <laughs> awesome. We got a little video that shows at the same time. It's a teeny and version can... of a, a floor standing console TV. And you can change that's sweet. You can change the uh, channel with it. Let's see if I can get that to work here. It's not and at eleven PM it plays the national anthem, it goes to static. <laughs> <laughs> so it has it has about uh, it has several clips in there from from the show, and then that's cool. When you go to turn it off, that's about the sound quality I got out of my TV when I was a kid. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> very about right. nostalgic. That's awesome. That's very cool. I saw uh, that online, and I saw some people with a, like I said, that same TV, but it was in like a in a miniature diorama or something yeah like a, it, it comes a little <laughs> backdrop of uh of yeah. a Klingon ship that's pretty cool um i did pick up because chuck picked on me about having the voyager style com badge so i went ahead and picked up the <laughs> he got TNG the tng one, one. <laughs> the yeah, old tng one it's the magnetic one you know from uh qm x i think it is and what's cool is i did not realize this one came with um, I got it on my bag, but it's a miniature one that's actually a stick pin. Wait a minute. So, do you have a TNG uniform? I do. Because I know you, your lower decks. No, the red one. Oh, okay. You're right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The red and black. Yeah. Yep. yep. I just had the one combat. That's all. But this, but yeah, I got this one and there's a smaller version, which is, uh, uh, like I said, a stick pin. And I was able to, I just put it on my bag. So I got it with me all the time. Very cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Wow. We all haven't, right. we haven't done show and tell before. I know <laughs> we should, we should do, we should, and do there's this nice mug and, <laughs> oh. I, and this no. brush that I use to get dust off my keyboard. Everyone. No, no, it's not no. very Star Trek there. And a pen. No, it's the brush that cleans up more. It's yes. a brush made from real, <laughs> real hair from Amras. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was just wondering, and I think I already just answered my question, but in the, in the TNG universe or in Star Trek, did they do they still write in cursive? I don't recall seeing it. Well, well, uh, in TOS, Kirk signs the clipboard. Right, you can tell he's like, oh yeah, kind of. Well, actually, as I was saying that, I remember Picard writing out those cards. You know, thank you. Ah, that's true. <laughs> so he but, was going really old because he ink an ink well with a with a with yeah, a pen fountain pen. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was just thinking, you know, everybody complains. Oh, they don't teach kids how to write cursive anymore. Well, do they even know that in the Star Trek universe? That's how old Picard is. <laughs> yeah. Actually, William Shatner was writing a big X for Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> now stop that. <laughs> well, gentlemen, we need to get on to the main portion of our program. So, of course, it is time to start subspace chatter. But in order to do that, we have to check in with Charlie X. So, Charlie... Is it okay to go ahead with subspace chatter? Word, word. Ah, ah. Charlie, you sound so different. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that. Charlie, uh, I was channeling his inner Homer or something. Uh, you Got know, a hay fever going on there. Uh, All right. Word, word. Ah, ah. <laughs> 
I don't know. I think I think I think you need to see a doctor, Charlie, about that. I, I just don't know what to do. One one person's laughing. That kind of gives away the guilt, doesn't it? <laughs> eh, maybe. Uh, uh. All right, Chuck. Why don't you uh, hit us with the first story? All righty. <laughs> While speaking at a recent event at MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts, Strange New Worlds co-show runner Akiva Goldsman seemed to jump the gun a bit when it came to an announcement about the premiere for season two of the series. He, uh, he also said a bit more than maybe he should have about season three. Today mm. or tomorrow, we're announcing the air date of the second season, which we filmed like 17 years ago. And you'd be really surprised because we just went all over the place. And we're just started, we just started filming on a third season now. Well, as of this recording, Paramount Plus has yet to announce either of these things. In fact, we don't have a premiere date for any of the four remaining Trek series. We do, however, know that Discovery's fifth and final season will premiere sometime in 2024. But that's about it. We have the link yeah. to the entire Beyond the Cradle 2023 event bookmarked to Akiva Goldsman's panel over in the show notes for episode 134, Unlimited Data, over at the topic is track.com. Yeah, you know, I was talking about, about this with Craig um, a couple of days ago, and I said, well, I had seen an article in a uh, online kind of newsletter. I think it's called Hollywood North. Mm-hmm. It's about filming in Canada. And they had announced that, that uh, and this is even before Kiva's talk, that they had all their shooting permits for season three of strange new world. So you kind of hinted that, yeah, we're probably getting that season three. Yeah. I saw that picture with him and uh, Anson Mount and it said something and it just a little blurb season three went, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. They're already working on season three. It's like, wow, that somebody jumped the gun on that. Oops. Well, cat's out of the bag why the cat was in the bag in the first place i have no idea but it's out (laughs) i was gonna say who didn't who didn't think that that was going to happen anyway well you know what what we always say to that good news everyone (laughs) where where screams on the show it's weird that's charlie x (laughs) oh man charlie that 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 condition is really getting to you now he's getting really good at impersonations (laughs) i know right yeah all right, so we talked a lot on the topic of Trek about the amazing music in the season of Star Trek Picard. In our last episode, we said that there wasn't any soundtrack available yet for Picard, of course. To find out if there would be, I went to Twitter and I uh, went straight to the source. I figured, what the heck, you know? So I uh, tweeted uh, Terry Metalis. And he, I said, you guys are killing it with Star Trek Picard. I hear music from all over the Star Trek spectrum in this. Is there any chance we'll get a soundtrack after the series. And he went on and on and on, gave me this big, long dissertation about everything. And then he said, yes. So he got back to me really quick with that small yes. And, uh, and we're not alone in wanting this. Apparently, a lot of other people have been asking this. So fans everywhere have uh, been asking the cast about, about it. So many of the credit, much of the credit, excuse me, goes to uh, the composers, Stephen Barton and Frederick Whiteham, Whiteham, Wideman, excuse me, Wideman. And they went through nearly every Star Trek TV series movie, picking out pieces and references. And Barton said, we had free reign to use tunes 
but we wanted to use them as precious gems and not just a Star Trek wallpaper. There were times where I'm staying very close to the Goldsmith orchestrations or Horners in particular, uh, in, but also times that where we And here's a fun fact. Jerry Goldsmith was actually Gene Roddenberry's first choice to compose the music for the original Star Trek pilot, The Cage. Ooh. That That's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, that would have been, that would have included writing the show's theme music mm-hmm. due to other projects. Goldsmith had to decline. However, he recommended another music pro often worked with Goldsmith as a music arranger. Who was it? Courage, I'm the waiting. cowardly dog. No, close. It's Alexander Courage. So thank you, Jerry. Yeah. Also, it's very interesting to think about that fact of hmm. what would that, theme it sounded like if it had been jerry's oddly enough it would have sounded exactly the same well you know what the universe has a way of making things work the way they're supposed to be and i i can't imagine it be any other way because it's not you know that sounds a little like the other show we've done that's all too wagon training for us <laughs> but it's wagon train to the stars. That's bonanza. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I want to hear. I yeah, you can hear that they mixed up some stuff, but it, uh then they threw some things in verbatim, you know, from the Star Trek. I just love I mentioned on the last show, just listen to the Star Trek soundtracks, any of them, any of the music. And it's just, it's beautiful. If you really listen to it on headphones, it's great. Just sit right back and you hear a tale, a tale of a so, yeah. ship. During that uh, research for, for that little bit about Jerry Goldsmith, I came up with a lot of wild things I didn't know about, uh, about him. He uh, wrote the theme song to The Man from Uncle. Oh, oh really? Yep. Yeah. And when you go to the movie theater and you go to see a universal picture and you, the globe comes up and the word universal wraps around. Yeah. You wrote that. Really? Yeah. Okay. I can, I can hear that. So it's a a lot of stuff in there that, that uh, Jerry did. And of course he did plenty of work for Star Trek as well. It's good to hear a lot of it again in Star Trek Picard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, we're going to be cutting it there on our um, subspace chatter, but we have a lot of stories that we didn't get a chance to cover, and we've got links to, I guess I'll shift some of these things around. So I guess we have 64 additional stories, and they range all the way back to Star Trek, the original series, all the way down to, I've got a section about Actor Watch, and Hmm. there's some articles there. One of the articles is about a new... DC comic series that's in the Superman universe, I guess. Okay. And it's written by Michael Dorn. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I'll check out for that. I think so we have 59 stories. Number three is blank. Oh, well, we should. Well, I'm going to put some of the ones from the top down the bottom. It's, <laughs> and it's it looks like somebody, somebody's cutting our news section short because uh, they think the show's going a little long. I get the mm-hmm. hint. Right, right. Yeah. I get it. Right. But with all that said, it's time for my favorite part of the show. And that's where I get to say, I don't know how I was going to reply to this, but um, <laughs> goodbye, Charlie. I want to stay, 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 stay. We have an imposter aboard. <laughs> Spock right. knows something that we don't. Yeah. We do. I don't know. He always does. 
All right. But now it's time to head out on our main mission with an appropriate sound effect. Hmm. Hmm. You are in error. No. Oh. <laughs> Here, we'll just do that. <laughs> there, traditional. There. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right. So we're going to be talking about episodes five and six of Star Trek Picard. And uh, I will have uh, Chuck, why don't you read the uh, information about the first one? We're going to take these one at a time and, and uh, give our reviews on them after each one of them. So start us off. Star Trek Picard. Uh, season three, episode five, titled Imposters, written by Cindy Appel and Chris Derrick, directed by Dan Liu. Caught by Starfleet and facing court-martial, paranoia grows as Picard struggles to uncover whether a prodigal crewman from his past has returned as an ally or an enemy hell-bent on destroying them all. Ooh. Very, yeah. very, very impressive there. Um, yeah, this is uh, Rose Return. And as a lot of people have said in the past, hey, there was no body when she was presumed dead. So <laughs> no body means still alive someplace. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get Actually, to talk about bodies in the next episode, but that's another story. I think they, when she uh, started walking up on... <laughs> When she started walking towards him on the ho- on the hallway, I was like, "Who is that?" And it took me a, like two beats, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe they that she showed up." I had well, no one idea. Things, one of the things is that they made her Bajoran ridges a lot less defined. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, I don't know why, because I mean they're they're there, so they had to a- apply that makeup. And I, I did not see her character coming a mile away. That is not one no. that we predicted when, even way back when, when we were, they said, hey, we're bringing back Picard. Name all the characters you want to see on the show. You know, I would have expected, you know, a Barkley before Rolaren. <laughs> I know. Well, I expected him. I honestly expected him at some point. But yeah, I didn't expect, I didn't see her. I didn't see her coming until she was walking down the hallway and I was like, what? Wow, right. that was well, amazing. That was a nice surprise. To, it was. Well, let's try to roll through the episode uh, a little bit here. Now, we start off with a, uh, first of all, we start off with a couple of nice classic TOS-type pings as uh, we, we pull back and we see the Bridge of the Titan, and we actually get to see some interplay between the members of the bridge crew that are not the A team, if you will, but I mean, it's the, all the other people on the bridge talking and working oh, together, yeah. which mm-hmm. is nice. But then Jack Crusher has to come in and spoil everything by killing everybody. It was postal, you know, yeah. And he yeah, had, again? He had the red stuff on his face and the red eye, and you could hear that echoing voice again, which sounds like Beverly. Come home. Come home. <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing I didn't understand in this opening part is that we have the interaction on the bridge before he shows up. And if this is in his head, is he seeing himself not being on the bridge, but coming up in the turbo lift and he doesn't see himself. I mean, it's like, I think it was to throw the viewers off of what's reality and what's in his imagination. Cause you're really not sure. And they do that several more times. Like 
redo you know they hit the reset button and then there's another scene in the transporter room where they take you for two more rides that's that's a bit different and and i'll talk about that when we get there because but this one really was kind of i feel i view it as almost like a cheat that he's not there and then he shows up well i have a i have a suspicion okay that you know they revealed that he has also aromatic syndrome like Picard did. Mm-hmm. I remember Picard when that became an issue at the, um, in all good things, he was seeing different ports of future. I know part of that was the, the end of the story, but I'm just saying, I wonder if he's having a similar kind of thing where he's seeing alternative, like alternative futures. Um, well, again, all of that is possible. If in fact, this is what the problem is that he has. And I guess I'm not completely convinced that's, what's causing all of this, but no, but they made a point to bring that out. And I mean, I think part of that was also to kind of have Jack relate to Picard a little bit more, you know, because they both have, they both have, well, they both. So we can relate. I'm going to make sure that you have a deadly disease. (laughs) He doesn't have it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. It was fun to, it was fun to see Shaw lightened up, you know, he was, he was happy to see them going. It's like, I'm having a good day. You guys are going to the clink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. No, that was kind of funny. One thing we saw, which I thought was interesting, is the, the Titan is repairing itself, and you get to see all the all those little bots yeah. buzzing around the ship yeah. doing the repairs. Right, yeah. You know, That's they don't right. make a big deal about calling it out. It's just kind of there in the background. But yeah, we yeah. haven't really seen those except for Discovery. The Star Trek, well, that and the Star Trek shorts. Well, I think Strange New Worlds yeah, on the, on the at some Enterprise. point didn't Strange New World at some point have them, but very briefly in some some shot. I I might be confusing it with one of the short tracks, but well, I, they I were thought, they were like I said they were implied to be on even on a TOS uh, ship. Oh yeah, well if they're on Pike ship, presumably they're on. No, on, on the Kirk Star Trek ship. short. Remember they were on the Enterprise, they, the one where they had the birth. Uh, right, uh, right. The animation, the animated. Yeah. One. Yeah, yeah. Well, they the had they had one of those robots there, and yeah. he. And, uh, anyway, so yes, it was implied that they were in TOS as well. But yes, then we have um, uh, Riker reinstate Shaw, and Shaw is just the um, the lovely person that he always is. He says, "Oh, by the way, I already contacted Starfleet about all this stuff, and they're on their way." He's such and, a warm soul. Yeah, he does the nice thing of just saying, do you want to be reinstated or not reinstated seven when you're facing music? He says reinstated and he does this knighting type thing. I reinstate you. Yeah. yeah. Taps her on the shoulders. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because in that scene, a couple of other scenes in the prior episode, he he knows his station. He doesn't object to stuff. Once he's removed, he like, doesn't confront really the, you know, the, the, the command staff all that much. And he just stays, you know, keeps his, his mouth closed. And it wasn't this scene as well until he was reinstated. Then he was just good old, you know, Captain Shaw again at that yeah. point. Yeah. I, it was kind of interesting that he was keeping his distance. I mean, he was like, well, let them screw it up. You know, I won't have anything to do with it. He's in his room reading a book or something mm-hmm. hanging, hanging out. And then listening we get to spend some time. He was listening to our podcast. That's what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. That's what he was doing. <laughs> Saying, I'm going to give him some new catchphrases. Um, yeah. 
No. So, so then we cut to we cut to uh, Rafi and Worf who are doing their um, their practice calisthenics. I don't know what you call that. Warfastenics. Well, I mean, they're they're practice fighting. So I'm assuming they're supposed to be, you know, honing their skills. Although clearly, Worf sees Rafi is not that honed because there's one point where he's got one hand behind his back. Yeah, yeah he's kind of everything. doing the fencing thing, you know. Yeah, it's like he gave up, like he, Princess gave Bride. Up, he just got took a break. Yeah, yeah, like the Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we get a bit of foreshadowing, talking about how weakness, you know, discovering an enemy's weaknesses and playing off against those, which will come back. I thought they did a bit too much recap to get to this cream character. Yeah, that's one of my problems with the two episodes. So I'm going to mention it now because we're going to be keep going through oh, this. Here we is go. That, is that how many times did we have to learn that Daystrom Station has a, is guarded by a very sophisticated AI system? We yeah. get that two times in this episode and two times in the next episode before we ever get to Daystrom, Daystrom Station. I, I'm sorry, what? I didn't hear that. Yeah, it's exactly. A, it's adaptable. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. neither did they because they, you know, they went in anyway. Yeah. yeah. But um, we find out that Worf's handler says, uh, "Yeah, you can't go to Daystrom Station. I'm not going to give you authorization to do it. You got to find some other way to get there." So how? My my question about the Titan is, how did the Changeling get aboard? Well, we have the answer to that question. Do we? The answer to that? Yes, the answer to that question is what. Beverly discovers is that you can go virtually undetected. But then she, she said something that made are, no sense to me. She said they have no DNA, which means they, they can't, oh, they, they could pass a traditional blood test. Like what, what traditional blood test are you using that doesn't test for DNA? A that, space one. It's like, Oh, a it's red, one. you know, <laughs> Well, I think, but I think that is the traditional test, right? The traditional test, which Roe uses in the episode. She cuts her hand and goes, herself. it's red. Does which that settle they, for you? Well, that's what they would do on Deep Space Nine. They would go into meetings and they would, they would cut to prove that they were. It's the they 24th were, century. That is, that is like straight out of Supernatural. Oh, let's cut minute. our hand and make a pact. Uh, it's like every every movie in history, they always go for the hand first. Right. That, that is a <laughs> terrible place to cut. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> well, oh, uh, you don't need that for anything. I'm sure it's fine. Ah, uh, there goes Chuck. No, goes you. Away. Oh, uh, someone show, someone kicked me off the stream. I was gonna say the the show increased its quality. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I don't. You can't get rid of me that easily. Alrighty. Uh, scrolling through the. Well, wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. Well, I was going to say, you yes. know, Roe cut her hand, right? Yes. And she yep. bled. Yep. But that was no, that was no test because the, the corpse that Beverly was looking at, she cut it and it started to bleed right away. Yes. But Roe didn't know that at that point and neither did Picard. I know. Right, right. Right. I'm just saying that from our point of view, that's not really a test. Did you, did you think Roe was a changeling? I considered it heavily there. I thought so. Why I, did Picard turn the safety protocols off in the holodeck? Because he didn't trust her. He wasn't sure what was going yeah, on. Yeah, he wasn't a hundred percent sure for sure. What for sure? For sure. And I think, you know, as as the outside observer, we're looking at things that 
he might not right be looking for um I because he was her. really more all about rage that he was so upset with her yep for what she had done that i don't think he was really thinking all that straight about stuff well right. i suspected her because her crew came in on shuttles and it's like if if we suddenly discovered hey we yeah. can't test detect him with a standard blood test let's upgrade the filters on the transporters so what do they do they came in on shuttles well there's a red flag if there ever well, was one well on the bridge they made a point that they even say she requested a shuttle oh really or the the security officer requested a shuttle wow that's unusual i was like oh yeah it's because you got changelings coming over which right he did and guess there was who's coming to dinner that's yeah. right there was at least two of them, them. yeah so okay. we have the intrepid show oh, up. Wait, 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 wait. Go back to your previous slide if you don't mind. I'm oh, sorry. Sure, not a problem. Beep. I was interested in seeing uh Morn of Loria. They're they're cruising. contact list here. Yeah, Brunt. <laughs> Brunt of Ferengi. I did not see that. Uh, Brunt and his brother is at the top, right? Not more. I mean Morn, not more not his brother. Morn though. Morn and Brunt were showing up there. And also was uh Ocona. Adam Ocona was That's also right. there. So yeah, what exactly? How is this database arranged? First of all, they're not in not order. alphabetical, not and so there uh. is the association kind of somehow these characters all linked in some way to Crin. Well, it's uh oh maybe um huh it's I don't know early you did version. A search. Yes. these are the results. I know so. if you, I know if you go ask more and he'll tell you and like detail just like ramble on. For yeah, he just he it, but, you can't shut him up. Never but, shuts up. Oh my god! I don't know. So yeah, that was that was quite an interesting mix of people. So meanwhile, hey, uh, that's, that's why they call him Mor- Motormouth Morm. I know, I know. That's why you don't want to give him too many drinks. Because how just... how did this ship come to a stop right next to the Titan? I mean, I understand inertial dampeners keep you from flying into the windshield when this thing stops, <laughs> but. Right. How do you plot a course and say, stop at this? Ex-? You'd think they'd, you know, come in nearby planet and kind of cruise well, in on impulse power for a few yeah. minutes. This thing is and like, actually, shoo! and I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but later on, three ships show up around that little uh, beacon drone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they all went, shoo, shoo. and they're like, they look like they're very close together too. all three of them. It was to give you that sharks in the water circling the yeah. prey feel yeah, you think they go shoom, and then they would just kind of drift or go to where they needed to be so i think the technical answer is they need the beauty shot that's why they mm. that's why it came in like that i'm right. I'm gonna ask dr aaron mack on this one it's also a case where these two episodes i felt like we had padding we i didn't feel like we had padding before mm-hmm. and this is one of those cases where it's an extremely long shot you have, right. you see the Titan, then you see the Intrepid warp in, stop, and then it slowly pans around between the two ships. I'm going, okay, we got that they're right near each other. Got that. Why do we? Why are we lingering on the shot for so long? Just, just for beauty. <laughs> it, it yeah, felt, it's it's probably mm-hmm. to stretch it out just a little bit to you know because. Uh, well, in the next episode, there's some stretching out, which 
Some of it was good. Some of it was kind of okay. We're stretching this out. Stay on this episode, Craig. We're not done yet. I know. I'm just saying. I'm. We're. You know. I'm just saying. We're going to get to that too. But they're you know, they're stretching it out a bit for time because there's they had to record what ten hours worth of stuff, and they probably had to figure out what worked and what didn't. Although, by the way, the Intrepid it was a beautiful ship too. Yeah, kind that. of a different take on it, having the the connector at the back of the yeah. ship rather than at the front. Yeah. Yep. The neck. Yeah. Kind of interesting. And here we have uh, another scene where Shaw's <laughs> being a complete jerk to Riker and Picard in the turbo lift. Um, just uh, kind of, he, he's he's chipper. He's feeling chipper. Shaw's yeah. feeling chipper. Hey, I like how you got imposters and it has a, just a picture of those three guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like uh, uh, Liam's like, <laughs> you know, he's all enjoying himself. He's ready for uh, for things to hit the fan. Yeah, because he rattles off all the things that, in his mind at least, are things that, well, you saved the universe from this thing, but you also put it in peril for that thing. So it's kind of oh. like a chicken and an egg type of deal with you guys. He called him out. He sure did. Yep. But I mean, did they really have any choice but to land the, the saucer on the planet after it was damaged? I didn't, you know, so, okay, I can, I can see where those are things that went bad, but I don't really think anybody did that on purpose. I was hoping Riker was going to say that ah, too soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I should say, talk to my wife about the landing on the planet part. You know, I don't yeah. Know yeah. And to do it that part of it. That's right. And then, yes, then we get the reveal that we have uh, that, that uh, Rolaren is going to be the person that's going to be interrogating mm-hmm. Riker and Picard. Interestingly enough, not seven. Yeah. Which I thought, you know, even Shaw is talking about the fact that she's going to have to face the music. She was definitely involved in all this, this plotting and they don't even call her to be in with these other two. Even Shaw does not bring seven along as well, which I thought was a little weird. I mean, and we know in the episode, she has other things to do, but really after making that big deal about reinstating her, why did he not have her? Also coming along. So yeah. they go off to interrogation and uh, Bevan and um, and the the uh, chief medical officer who has one line in the entire episode. Uh, are doing, I, I felt so bad for her because, you know, Beverly is just, you know, doing all the talking and she's just nodding. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes that's a thing. That's a thing. Which, thing which is funny because she didn't like Beverly when she first walked in the plane. Right. In the ship. So, oh, I see. She's giving her the silent treatment now. Yeah, that's the deal. But uh, they have to verify the identity of the changeling, which uh, was killed, who was killed by um, Seven in the previous episode, and is still in the form of Sydney LaForge. So they bring in Sydney LaForge to identify the body that it's not her. And Sydney tosses you know. her cookies. Yep. Yep. Big time. And yeah. Bev just says, okay, so she's verified I'll that. I'll take uh, that, that as a did. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm surprised they weren't more upset that she got sick on the floor right in the middle of. Well, it's a very <laughs> unique situation she's she's put in there. It's not often you look at your own body and go, is that you? <laughs> yeah. No, that's well, a little weird. It's like the, uh, Chuck says sometimes, uh, you know, if you're like me, and I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I always wanted a twin. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I was I was kind of kidding, but when Sydney turned and she she kind of 
toss her cookies. Toss her cookies on the on the floor. They both just kind of said, "Okay, I'll take that as a yes." It wasn't like, "Oh, you know," they weren't like they weren't expecting. We you know, they didn't react have, to we it. We have bots to clean that up. It's not a problem. Well, think, think think about the fact also that they're probably used to. Yeah, if boots. you have to have if you have to identify a body, you'll bring somebody in. You know, even if it's obviously not their own, not themselves, but a civilian or somebody coming in to identify a body often has a kind of a tough reaction to that. And I, I can't imagine. I think they think, all right, let's cut a little bit of extra slack because she's looking at herself dead. You know, no, no. So. I meant that the doctor and Beverly didn't have more reaction. They just kind of looked over and, and they just turned around. It wasn't like, oh, she's getting sick. No, that's why I'm saying I think that they're used to people kind of. Oh, they're used to. I'm sorry. You okay. know, that yeah. they've seen it a, a, many times because they're on ships where people are, are killed and somebody has to identify a body. Mm-hmm. And that person comes in and probably does exactly the same thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe there was even a bucket already sitting over there. on the side. If, if it were lower decks, <laughs> they would have gone, I win, pay up. <laughs> she threw up in a, a changeling's bucket. Yeah, hey, there you go. The changeling goes, what the hell? <laughs> I got to sleep man. there tonight. <laughs> circle of life. Who's been in my bucket? Yeah. You can have some of your own goo. <laughs> Raising okay. goo for you. All right. All okay, right, moving move on. Yeah, let's you brought it up. Up. No no, no, it up. No pun intended. No, no. Sydney brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, then we have another one of uh, Jack's uh, visions here that he goes. Trans- now, this one. Transporter he, accident. He walks into the transporter room because then he when he snaps out of it, he's standing in the transporter room. So this one, I didn't have a, that kind of weird, well, how does he see this stuff? He, We're seeing everything from his point of view. He walks into the transporter room, people are getting on the pad. And then he has this vision of that same kind of vine thing. Red vines happening yeah. as people are, yeah, they're red vines. Red they're vines not, are going to make a million on this show or get trashed. Or Twizzlers well, is going to say, no, they're and really as, as they're beaming out, they scream. Yes. One thing I noticed, I went back and I listened to the audio several times. I think this is just a continuity weirdness, but the person in the transporter room says, okay, four to, to step up or something like that. Mm-hmm. Five people get up there, and the fifth person, who's the person who's on the, if you're looking at the screen, on the right-hand side, is a Vulcan, and the Vulcan is in this uniform that does not fit them. If you look, the, the it's all baggy, and the, the, the arms are way too <laughs> long in it. So that's a fifth person. And then later on in the episode, when they have the red alert at the very end of the episode, they drag that, say, who, who should have been gone by now, Somebody in the transporter room grabs that character off of the transporter pad and hauls him back into the into the room. I'm thinking, why was he beaming back and forth to the intrepid? That's court. He just he just likes beaming back and forth. He, he does. Tickles. It's a lot of fun for him. <laughs> I like to be scattered everywhere. It's logical to keep doing this because I enjoy it. So speaking of that, speaking of logic. The next one we find out is that uh, Kryn is a Vulcan. Yeah. He's a Vulcan from Arrow. No, that's a, a, just the... the, the um, What? The actor. Yeah, played, the actor. The actor he's on, he's oh. been around. I, I I went, we have seen him so many times that I went to his IMDb page and went, yep, yep, oh, yeah. yep. <laughs> well, yeah, and he thought, I, thought, I liked how he logically... Uh, 
um, uh, about paradise. Was happy about his his crime. You know what he does. Yeah, well, he said you know you can't have paradise without you know a, a seamy underside. I'm going, really? Are you yeah. sure about that? Have you read about paradise? Have you tried? Have you, you been know? to Paradise City on Nimbus Three? No. Don't no. Stop that. Stop that. Or <laughs> I'll be doing a I'll be doing a Sydney LaForge. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, he um, he's a bit upset because um, the Ferengi was his brother, and the Ferengi got himself decapitated. Yep. Well, sorta. He had some help. But yeah, from Wharf. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But um, his his also his accent seemed to kind of come and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't so much in the first scene. The second scene, he seemed to have more of a an upper crust accent. Hmm. Yeah, he was an elite Vulcan. <laughs> All right. And uh, yes, we find out uh, from Beverly, we go back to the autopsy because we're cutting back and forth with these um, different storylines that it's only under intense dissection that the organs that the changelings are able to mimic from humans start to break down. So we see her cuts one of these organs open and it starts to ooze and just lose its shape completely. I had a steak like that once. It was terrible. Oh, it was very, very, very raw. You start cutting into it and it just sort of melted on the plate. Yeah. Wow. Maybe it was a changeling. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe it was changeling. It's what's for dinner. I think you actually had jello. It wasn't a steak. It was a jello in the shape of a steak. Uh, This this changeling is a little raw. Could I have the Kelpian instead? Oh, too soon, man. Too soon. (laughs) Try the ganglia. We have more uh, discussion between Ro Laren and Picard about, you know, what's the deal with your son and Picard just not wanting to answer any questions. He just wants to know, how did Ro Laren get herself back into Starfleet? Well, they, what, w- they went know? from the, what was it, the ready room or the interrogation room? What was it? To the holodeck. They wanted a more right, private place. And Picard says... Put on some music, and the music lasted all of five seconds. It, it's like their conversation. They, the so they only had so much rights to the music. I, 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 what, what happened to the music? You're not drowning anything out, so we could have a cup up to the door and go. I can hear you. He, he didn't have a, a subscription to Spotify, so he didn't go <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Just he, sampling. He, he didn't want to listen <laughs> to the commercials. <laughs> yeah, but fortunately, when they when they went into the holodeck, the screen with the safety protocols button was right there. That's Ready to be turned off. Yeah. Of hey, wait a minute. How safe is that? Yeah, it's just a button you push. It's he had you know, he had his that. he had his user ID, so he was already authenticated. So it's hey, safe. That's not, that's the equivalent of having a gun with a uh with the safety. It's just always tape right there to be able to turn it off. It's like oh, this, Craig. That's my, how most I, guns work. You have a safety that's know. ready to turn off. I'm saying he didn't like uh, have to give it a password or something. <laughs> Well, that wouldn't have worked because Ro would have seen that coming a mile away. Could you see that scene playing out with that? Computer, disable safety protocols, authorization, Picard, Alpha, 4, 7, Tango. Like, that would have drawn it out and she would have seen it coming a mile away. Why are you turning the, the way, safety protocols off? And by the way, I think Picard needs to change his password after all these years. Yeah. He's been breached. 
<laughs> but we get confirmation have. that this is the uh, that this is um, Guinan's bar from 2024 because the holiday program is 10 forward 2024. Yep, those were the days. Those were indeed the days. So they have a a mutual uh, venting to each other on the holodeck and come to the realization that they are both who they say they are, that they're indeed both human uh, because actually they, they get a lot of emotion out of each other. And the, you know, Picard comes to realize that, well, I, I think we're, we're definitely who we say we are. So the guard is down and that's when Roe opens up about why she's actually there. Starfleet has been compromised to which I to went the highest level again. <laughs> I know, I know. We get some bad admirals in here as well. We just got everything. If it was not the changelings, then it was those little worm things the that we saw. The, the bugs yeah. that crawling. That would have been. That could have been an interesting twist too. Could have been. We're seeing familiar territory again, and hey, I started to get we're wrapping skeptical. everything else up. Bring them in too. So she says that, and she starts questioning about what Picard knows about founder, uh, found no frontier day. And uh, Picard says, oh, mentioning once again for the 12th time, it's kind of like Sidney LaForge about her father. Yes, I was scheduled to speak at Frontier Day. And we later learn out why he keeps mentioning that again and again and again and again. And again. We get it. Frontier Day. A dollar coming. off if you wear your plaid shirt. Come on down to Frontier <laughs> Day. <laughs> no. But uh, they, so they're up to speed on what's happening, but things are not going so well back on Metallus because, hey, Rafi kills Worf. Dun, dun, dun. I know. I was like, how are they going to play because this Because Crin makes them fight to the death for, why did, why did he convince them to fight to the death? Because it was for, basically for his amusement and to make, you know, just kind of gave more leverage of him over whoever was left. Wait, wait, wait. Vulcans do not have amusement. Well, he seemed <laughs> to enjoy himself. I don't know. He's been hanging around Cybok. Oh, that's two references in one show. We're done. He was, he was, he was, you know, kind of giving odds on who was going to win the fight. So he seemed to be getting, you know, some enjoyment out of it. Yeah, but it I turns guess. out that Worf. He knows the practice ah. of Kalos something or other to stop your heart or make it go real slow and simulate death. But then while well, they drag his body off, he sneaks around backstage and comes out and pulls a knife on Crin, to which Crin says it would be logical to give you the decryption device. Yes, after he gives another complete breakdown about Daystrom Station <laughs> and the AI <laughs> and that he's got a key What's AI? Uh, okay. Let's put together our own higher light reel and just say that thing like four times <laughs> in case you missed it. This is turning into a National Geographic show. After every commercial, you have to reiterate what happened up to that yeah. commercial. And keep in mind, this show already has a recap. So you hey, don't, if, right. you, if you want to do that, put it in the recap. Hey, actually, I think AI actually wrote the script because it keeps <laughs> missioning itself. Let's <laughs> see. And, and, and Mid Journey did all the graphics. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> There's That's your right. explanation right there. That's right. Um, but yes, so another question I have, because we come to the scene where Roe is going to go back to the Intrepid, and she has left Picard with a skeleton crew. Now, my question is, 
all right, she suspects people on board the Intrepid. Mm-hmm. And she has brought most of the crew of the Titan over there. Has to she what end? Yeah. Has she basically just signed their death warrants? Well, they show her in the shuttle, but she's with two changelings who plant a bomb and beam out. So where yeah. did everybody else go? Were they beaming over to the Intrepid? Well, the, the people on the transporter pad, it's like she, so those people that were leaving that, well, some people were beaming over to the Intrepid, Jack had his vision about yeah. you know, things going on in the room. So slowly, uh, because Rose says that she is going to have most of the crew, when she first comes in to interrogate Riker and Picard, that most of the crew is going to be sent over to the Intrepid. Um, and that um, there's just going to be a few people left on board. Why so that's what's that? happening. Yeah. But I'm thinking those people are going to be killed. Yeah. You know, why? But that's what she does. She does, however, also give Picard her Bajoran earring. Yep. Yep. And we think it's a it's nice a sentimental gesture. gesture. Yep. And it uh, definitely is moving to Picard as she's leaving. But that's that's all we make of it. And she gets on board the shuttle with the two security officers who we've pretty much nailed as being uh, changelings by this point because of their intensity of searching the ship right. for Jack Crusher. But as soon as they're headed back, they beam off and they blow up the ship. No, I'm kidding. They don't blow up the ship. They put a timer on it because why, why not you put a timer yeah. on it? Why, why wouldn't you? To give Roe enough chance to get to the port nacelle of the Intrepid and that's disable them. That's actually a countdown to the end of the show. It's like, come on. So I couldn't figure out the language in it because she looks back at it and says, I won't, I don't have enough time. It's the same graphics that they were using when the changeling blew a hole in the, whatever, there was a warp conduit on the Titan. So are yeah. they yeah. founder? Is it a language that the founders use? I'm trying to figure out what language know. this is that she can tell how much time is left on that thing. Who knows? Hebrew? Yeah, but I she, don't know. Ter- Terry Metallus knows. Yeah, but she takes the opportunity to call back to the uh, to the Titan and say, you know, Jean-Luc, you must carry on. Here I am on the widescreen camera. Cause look at the look at the, the width of that camera yeah. coverage on that thing. I know. And uh, that's and like a sixteen by thirty. They like backed that into space, taking that picture of Roll Laren in there. Um, so she is going to buy them some time by ramming her shuttle into the nacelle, the port nacelle of the Intrepid. And apparently, Intrepid the Intrepid is fine with that because right. they, they don't just, try to stop her by shooting her out of the sky. They, they go, know there's a bomb ah, on board. The yeah, bomb will take bomb care on, of her. Yeah. There's there's a bomb like, on board and everyone has beamed off and they know they know what the timer was set for, but instead they're just gonna sit there and not put up shields, not do anything, just kinda just gonna be fine with it. We needed that emotional moment. There were a few of them in, in both of these episodes. Well, well as she, mean, she we got, got to hit we, to get we lost connection. Lost. Yes. We, let, we, we lost connection. The podcast is we, over. Yeah. <laughs> which which I, I think is meant to be, you know, like very symbolic as well, because just before she she hits, you know, Picard says, oh, no, I, I definitely see you. And I'm sorry it took me that long. He and says, I love you. She's getting emotional and then burp, connection lost mm-hmm. and the shuttle blows up. Picard, I have to tell you, I have a son with you. <laughs> I have something to tell you. Yes. 
Now, Roe did this to buy them time. And they waste every single second of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they sit there trying to convince Shaw that they have to leave and he's not buying it. And for some reason, after all of that, Riker says, look, you don't have to trust us. You don't have to believe anything we're saying. Just look for yourself. And he basically sees the same thing he saw before, but suddenly now it's convincing him to leave. You know, as we see the intrepid rise up yeah, and get ready to fire on them. I don't know what changed his mind in that couple of seconds, but he decides, okay, it's definitely time to run. Well, the ships are coming back up to take aim. Right. But he didn't seem concerned with that same situation like 30 seconds ago. Yeah. He was more concerned about his career. Hey, a captain can change his mind. Captain's prerogative. Yeah. What changed his mind though? That wasn't clear. Yeah, I know. It was, right. um... What is also isn't quite clear is we then have four changelings. The two that beamed back from the shuttle who have now changed their identity and two that we're assuming were already on board the mm-hmm. ship because they just they say we've located him and they beam directly to that location and jack has a vision and then suddenly is super 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 stealth and right defeats all four of them in like 20 seconds everybody was kung fu fighting now that's why i say this this whole idea of this uh Irmati syndrome being the cause of these things uh no i don't think so no yeah it's it's not we didn't no. see picard go all superhero when no he but was... i get no but i get the feeling that for some whatever reason that jack can tell when the changelings are near and that's why he's i because I'm, I'm just saying he's having kind of these visions and stuff as well. But well, the, Yeah, but the, the question is, how does that tie in with things like him suddenly? It's almost like, it's, um, what is it? The um, It's like Jason Bourne suddenly remembering how to do suddenly this amazing, yeah, you know, uh, fighting just out of no place. He has a trigger word. So I... Bartholomew. I, you know, we definitely don't have all those answers yet. And right. I, I would not look to that that condition to be the, the answer to the question, especially when we find out that um he he had no whoops, he had no whoa, idea. Whoa, whoa, oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> there we go. Okay. He had he had no idea that those were changelings, he says. I mean, in his in his right mind, it seems like he has so he blanked out. And something kicked in. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what kicked in. He's a sleeper agent of some kind. Well, I mean, yeah, it does kind of lead, lend itself to that thought. Um, and then Riker finds out that the Bajoran earring is actually a, a data disc, if you <laughs> a will. thumb drive. And has all the research that Roe had been doing on the uh, on this conspiracy theory. And while they're sifting through it, an incoming call comes in, and it's Worf. Hey, babe. So we tie I together. I would like a large pepperoni pizza. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Did I call the wrong number? Yeah. <laughs> but dialed again. <laughs> this was this was the next number in my contacts for pizza. And, and he asks where, where Roe is, and they go, uh, well, funny story about that. Uh, you are not uh, Brunt. <laughs> 
And that pretty much wraps up the episode. Mm -hmm. So any final thoughts on imposters? Hey, that's a good looking Klingon. That's my last thought. I hope I look that good when I get to be an old Klingon. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, wait, what? I'd love to see it when you're those ridges on your head. (laughs) All right. Well, let's, let's uh, give our reviews on this one. Uh, What do we want to give it on? Bajoran earrings. Sure. So one to 10 Bajoran earrings. All right. I will go first and I'm going to give this. Going to give it a seven and a half. I liked the stuff with Roe, but I felt like overall the episode was starting to suffer from 10 part series syndrome of, well, we're stretching out some of this stuff here in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it was starting to feel like it at this point. So seven and a half. Uh, Craig, what about you? Well, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to give it an eight. Actually, yeah, I'm going to give it an eight. But I, I had that kind of feeling too. I was like, okay, they're stretching a little bit, just like you were saying. So, yeah. Uh, not that my enthusiasm for this season is diminished but yeah that just kind of stretched it out a little bit there was some really good stuff like you said the the intrepid raising back up and you're like oh crap what's going on and you know it's a lot of and uh, i like the uh interaction between morph and ralphie um they should do a good cop bad cop show i swear um but anyway so i'll give it an eight all right and chuck I'm going to give it a seven and a half as well. I, I, same kind of thing. I had a lot of head scratching moments going, you know, about the DNA test and the blood test, uh, stopping ships. And I'm glad they finally brought the storyline of Rafi and Worf together because it was like we're watching these two storylines for the last several episodes. Going, come on, hook. Where's where's the connection? We gotta we gotta we know. They're headed off to Daystrom with that sophisticated AI security system. Take a drink. <gasps> I didn't know about that. <laughs> what? Take another drink. And it's the first time I'm hearing about this. And, and Vatic is pursuing the Titan. Now we've got changelings involved. It's like, bring these two together. So they finally connected them. Uh, you know, again, it, throughout the series, we've had good music, good lighting, good acting. Story was just a little lower than expectations have set us up so far. So seven and a half. All right. I might disagree with you on good lighting, though. I had to lighten up a lot of these pictures a lot. Oh yeah, on it. it's really dark. Go go watch go watch more X Files. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I I love the set, but at the same time, it is dark. It's like come it's a on. dark storyline. Yeah, why eyes. why yeah you compare the 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 lighting on the bridge of the Enterprise D like that was as bright as a hospital operating room. And yeah. then you compare the lighting on the Titan and the Discovery. It's like, what? Why? Why are are we uh, saving energy on the bridge? Well, not until uh, we got to the generations, the next generation movies. They kind of made the even the Enterprise D look a little right. darker. Yep. Yeah. I think these days darker equals cinematic. Mm. Yeah. That's why we're going that with that. All right, let's move on. Uh, we'll try to do bit faster and i don't think that's going to be a problem with uh the next episode so uh craig you want to give us a little bit of all right information I, on that i loved it and i'll give it up oh you, you mean you gotta read this you gotta read the synopsis you said, said be quick all right so 
Uh, so this is The Bounty. This is uh, Season 3, Episode 6, written by uh, Christopher Monfett. It's directed by Dan Liu. And the synopsis is, Now on the run, Picard and the skeleton crew of the USS Titan must break into Starfleet's most top-secret facility to expose a plot that could destroy the Federation. Picard must turn to the only soul in the galaxy, an AI, which... Wait, I'm no, sorry. no, no. Who, <laughs> who can help, and which is an old friend. Mm. All right, so we've got our stories as as um, as Chuck had mentioned. They're they're starting to merge together, and including the fact that at the beginning of the episode, after an absence of a couple of episodes, we get to see the Shrike back again. Yep. They made it out of that nebula, I guess. Right, and very slowly. Now I don't know if they were able to retrieve their portal weapon. Or not. Uh, that's unclear, but they're off in the same wild goose chase as the rest of the changelings are because the uh, Titan is putting out all these different transponders, which are giving false locations for the which ship. I, I thought that was kind of interesting. At first, I was like, what are we looking at? And it said Titan. And then you see the ships start showing up. And I was like, oh, okay. It's a fake beacon. It reminds me of, was it on uh, Firefly? They, they would let out the um, the crybaby, which was a little mm-hmm. signal thing to kind of make it look like they were where there weren't. So, And although we don't see much of, of Vatican this episode, I mean, we'll see it, it kind of bookends the episode. We do get to see her do a, a classic villain bit because she says, I don't want to hear from anybody else about how, you know, we can't locate Picard and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then one of the crew happens to say that exact thing, and um, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. But she didn't pull the trigger. She just like nodded to the other guy, and he pulled the trigger. But right, same said, effect. Okay, I, I got you covered. Yeah, here. I could just picture the Klingon, you know, melting on the console. Um, Nobody else on the crew liked that <laughs> crewman either. So, so her <laughs> setup is that she now wants to know. Basically, every person Picard has ever known and where they live. That's how we introduce uh, Barkley. Yes, but not right now. Mm. So it's it's good to see her back because we were wondering, well, was that the last we were going to see? That seemed, would seem like kind of a waste to have that happen. But um, we, we do see more, more of her. But we also then find out what Beverly believes is the cause of all the problems Jack is having. Because he inherited neuromatic rem- syndrome. Neuromatic syndrome from and the, it's the, it says on the screen Sisongaid Lanimrat. It says terminal it diagnosis, backwards. but yeah. it's backwards. Oh, that's See, what it's see through. I thought Stupid it was a glass new glass screens. I thought it was a new like species they found. Um, I don't know what to make of that being a plot point. Because as we've talked about, I'm not convinced that that is what's going on here. That it might be a well. It seems like a but it seems like a focal point enough. That's why I, that's what I'm, you know it just it's cluing me in. Like okay, where well, they're throwing it in your face enough, like the AI at Daystrom. I'm like okay, this is an important thing. Were they, right? Was it to to draw? Jack and Jean-Luc closer together. It's like, oh, we've got this thing in common and I've been fine for years. How'd you beat it? I didn't. I, I became didn't. An, an android. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, get an extra body for me. Well, yeah, no. he well, said actually, he said something like that. You know, does it come in? Do you wear my size or something? Like, I'll take that body. He oh, <laughs> should right. say, well, funny, funny thing, but check back with me at the end of the episode, and we can talk some more about that. He, right. he did say a line to the maybe I was doomed before I was even born. Oh, yeah, so I don't know if I really brought them closer together. No, per se, yeah. Later he says, "I'm the guy who says hurtful things. He wishes he could have taken back in the holodeck." Yeah. So they are trying to flee, and uh, Picard says that they should flee to essentially the location of Starfleet's museum, which is an interesting concept for a place. And we'll talk more about well, they, the museum they, you you jumped ahead. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because first yeah. comes back is Rafi and Worf. Right. And Worf disses on Chateau Picard. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> what do you call it? Sour meat. Sour meat. Sour meat. <laughs> it's rather tart. Yeah, well, at first I was like, what is he talking about? And then even Riker goes, your wine. I was like, oh. And Beverly gets all the hugs this episode. I, she gets. She goes over and hugs Worf. Are we going to have to come up with a new label on the Chateau Picard or get a t-shirt that says sour meat? <laughs> Right. Uh, I did notice more so in this episode than the others, and it's probably there. I just didn't notice it. But we have that shaky cam that they started using yes. in the office, and, yes. and it, it, it makes Donna nauseous when people do that. Like, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like, like it yeah. either. It's it's supposed yeah. to like heighten the tension, but it's it's a warm reunion scene in the transporter. We don't need any tension here. What you need to do is you need to record the episode and run it through a stabilizer and then yeah. show it to Don. Shame on you, director, for doing that. Well, you can't right. necessarily stabilize it when you know, one, you're know you shooting over the shoulder of one actor and they're in the foreground and the other one's the background. And you're like shaking all over. It's like, hold the darn thing steady. This was not, this was not a good call, director. Uh, the other day I saw them stabilize the... Uh um, Sasquatch yes. movie, movies. Uh, the Patterson like, film again? Yeah, I was like just a guy walking, and this and the Sapruder film. Yeah, yeah. Once once they stabilized it, I was like, oh yeah, I said just a dude in the suit. Yeah, totally <laughs> for sure. Totally. Hey, but well, I did think there was one thing in this episode was interesting. Is was it? I want to say at least twice, but I think three times we had a reunion of characters. They're all in a row facing each other. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they were mingling or anything. Yeah, I was not a big fan. Maybe because I'm noticing now it's the same director of both these. I'm not a big fan of this director. I felt like a lot of what um, Riker was doing, uh, Jonathan Frakes, it's like he didn't have his lines down. And we know he certainly can have his lines down. I I feel like there was some back behind the scenes stuff going on in this episode. It just, this one lesson just didn't feel right. And that since most everything else is the same, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume it's the director. It, that it just felt like, yeah, there, something was off in this episode. Uh, when, when Riker makes that comment, excellent use of the word burgle admiral. I went, and that's now that's just too much. He, he seemed to have crossed a line at that point. I, yeah, I'm okay with the brotherly hey, stuff. Here and there. He thought it was, that's right. He nodded. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did that that line could have been taken out of the script and the scene still would have worked just fine. Yeah. They're well, all the, old friends. Of course they're going to make little jokes. They've like been well, doing we, that. They've made that point though. This was just like a bridge too far for me. Yeah. Well, got to got to do some padding in there. And one thing I was very disappointed in, about what your guys feeling is, but the interactions between Rafi and Seven are few far between and completely unsatisfying. 
Yeah, they were they were awkward in the transporter scene. I I gotta I gotta point one other thing out. They they get to Daystrom. Wouldn't the changelings have expected them at some point to go to Daystrom? Yes, but since they would be nobody's to, they there to not go, and that would mean that they wouldn't, and so they would. But if but I put the poison in your glass, exactly. then you would have expected me to poison my own liquid, which would have made you think yeah. that I knew that you knew yeah. that I knew the poison was in my glass. Okay, yeah, we so got that. They don't want to get they don't want to get involved <laughs> in a ground war. That's just what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I felt like there was so many missed opportunities for the, for the scenes between Rafi and seven. Yeah. That we don't I, know what happened. And now we still don't have any right. idea about anything. Well, that was my point was we don't know what their, their uh, situation was when they were not, or not together. So it would be a little awkward yet. They seem slightly happy to see each other, but it's still a little awkward. And and so, and Worf comes up with the line about I've been in many battles with you know part lovers with, with lovers. <laughs> and it goes, oh, oh good, oh good. I was practicing deceit. You know <laughs> that's right. Practicing. So Rafi and Worf, um, what are the odds? But they give a briefing on Daystrom Station, and, and what do they say? They discuss how it's. Guarded it's by run, a it's run by AI system. I, no, I heard that it was run by Commodore sixty four. Oh well, I I missed. Well, they also brought up you know we discovered changelings, and if if this were a meeting at work, you know, which it was for them, like this is a work <laughs> meeting, they're on a mission. I fully expected Picard or Riker to go, yeah, 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 we know about that. Skip ahead a bit. Well, they we as the audience, I know me as the audience felt that way because it's like okay. We've established that over many episodes. Both sets of people already know that. Yeah. Why are we going over that again in this briefing meeting? Well, I could, but just like Chuck was saying, I could understand why maybe Worf and Rafi were going to talk about that and then have some, like Riker or somebody go, yeah, 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 uh, we too. You know, let's move ahead. You know, kind of thing. But no, they just sat there and said, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, really? You don't, don't say. say. <laughs> oh, I do. I do say. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but since they have the key to get into the uh, the main area where they where the manifest is going to be kept, which apparently they know exactly where that is, they somehow decide that they decide they're going to go to the station, and they'll have an hour because rather than stationing anybody on the station they just check in on it every hour where is the ship that just kind of goes someplace and comes back every hour it's got several stations all right he's making the rounds carl the security guy budget cuts man he used to have somebody stationed there till the federation had budget cuts and now carl has to man several stations and only gets there once an hour oh carl so they 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 go beaming over and of course Worf says well i'm you know just different disciplines now and Rikers who saw in the trailer says we're, uh, all, we're all gonna, gonna die. die. Yeah. <laughs> Just as he's beaming fun. out. And he he made another point of that, like, what happened to you? You used to make you used to come back from that. You know, that that he was he wasn't real happy with the new wharf, and he made that abundantly clear. Twice. He even said some of uh some about that later is like, oh yeah. yeah. I don't understand this world anymore. Yeah. <laughs> when they beam over to Daystrom, uh, first of all, it's the most lax high security entryway because 
apparently you can take all the time you want to identify yourself before it starts to get upset about it because it's it asked them like five or six times before they pull the plug to then set off then trip the alarm and if the alarm is like okay i'm gonna give you a couple of seconds to identify right. it's like why, yeah. why would you need the key just walk in yeah as long as you don't have food or drink with you you I know. Walk right on I in. thought that was funny. Remember the drink, food to drink is not permitted in the research area. <laughs> so the 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 Titan has to leave because uh, the the chainsling um, infested ships are showing up, and at least at least they're not fooled by the fact that the Titan is behind the moon. Right, we see you behind the moon. <laughs> You know, so we are coming to get you behind the moon. Well, wait, yeah, they did. They did. Uh, Jordy did explain that a little bit. He said that all the ships are beacons themselves now. So when that's they're in true, close proximity, true. they already knew where you were at. That's why they that's had to true. leave. That's why that's they had true. to leave. Um, now, while we're still on board Starfleet Museum, however, we see some interesting things there. Oh my, out, this was a trip. A these. Wow. First Holy is, eye candy. The Genesis, uh, the Genesis device, device. Is apparently kept there. Did somebody build a backup? Because I thought the other one was blown up in the Motara Nebula to create the Genesis planet. Now, I can't wait. It's it's unclear whether or not uh, it could be a hologram because it's kind of weirdly shiny. You could make that argument. Well, I, it does say Genesis 2. Wait a minute, that's that second series by Roddenberry. That's yeah. unbelievable because I have a Kirby vacuum cleaner that says Genesis 3. <gasps> Genesis 3. Then we see... It's going to blow up the whole house. Hey, why? We see yeah. Captain James T. Kirk's bones are there, apparently. Ah, uh, get it? What? His bones? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Why, why would they have his body there? I, I mean, don't know. That was play. left on... Uh, what was it? Not Metallus Three. What's the name? Uh, where he... left on the Viridian. Viridian. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, okay, that someone desecrated that nice rock pile to store him at a museum, just like Walt Disney. Okay, and then a genetically altered Tribble. A Tribble would have added this Tribble as well. <laughs> I want nothing to do with that Tribble. It's yeah. got three mouths with teeth and and some <laughs> other appendages. And it and made it warp to windows. It made warp. Jo- at first, I thought they were looking at a hologram or a projection as well, because it's just sort of floating there in space. And all of a sudden, it sucks up against the window like a ripper going, what? What just happened? And warped, I would have jumped back. I don't warped that, jumps. You know, and of course, R- R- pass. R- Riker, R- pass. Riker has to chide him on that, which I thought was fun. Because, you know, yeah, Klingons like don't like dribbles. Uh, yeah, hard, it, it, hard pass Riker's on that trail. Yeah, Riker was done to like write it a bit hard. But as they're walking along, we then suddenly see that they are being monitored by something on board the station because it's, yes. it's zooming in on their faces and it identifies Riker. Yeah, a younger Riker. Wow, that's mm-hmm. what that's like his driver's license from about 30 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, he never updated the picture. <laughs> that's right. Oops, sorry. <laughs> I, I just couldn't get back to the registry. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so then we get the security thing that it sends out because it sends out, first of all, a crow. From Mystery Science Theater? 
No, not that, not Crow T Robot. Oh. No, 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 no. Then we get Moriarty showing yeah. up, which we knew was coming. We we'd seen. We know we'd, but we had a better. Well, I should. We probably all had more elaborate ideas of what was going to be going on. With yeah, Moriarty I was a bit happening. disappointed about what they did with him in this show. I went, "That's it. That's it." I mean, what we saw of him was not much more than what happened in the teaser and and i thought i this whole sequence the way it played out you know he's shooting at them with live rounds and because he's a hologram they can't shoot him but they keep playing these little musical chords and and what was warf says what was that and it was a c sharp f F sharp i think and then later it's you know a b flat a d flat it's music and he's naming out these notes and that triggers riker's memory back to Episode one, season one of TNG, where he's in the holodeck and he minute, needs minute data. 10. Yeah. I'm like, really? So he whistles the end of Pop Goes the Weasel to defeat Moriarty. That that was uh, utterly unsatisfying to so me. Much, so, so much for that uh, advanced AI. Yeah, it didn't adapt yeah. very well. Um, it was I, it's interesting because it's one of those things that that melody, and I've seen people play it. I should have even tried it myself. But those notes you see on the end credits, yeah, that is Pop Goes the Weasel. Ah, uh-huh. okay. we knew it was coming so, in somewhere, right? So definitely, we we had foreshadowed hey. that that was going to happen. By the way, that was an interesting uh, to show. It was interesting to show that little piece because if you remember, TNG was not uh, filmed in uh, sixteen by nine. Was right. Not, well, they probably they, um, they had to crop hide. in. They cropped in, I think, a little bit because yeah. Riker's head was off the screen just a little bit. But they tried to make it look high def, you know, with the rest of the show. Right. And I think that uh, you see much more, much more of data in the tree, but it's kind of a really close up where it's harder to tell that he's actually perched inside of a tree. Yeah. Yep. And that one. So, yeah, definitely a close up for that. But I was just going, wait a minute. TNG is not a 16 by nine show. All right, we skipped over because they were flipping back and forth back to right, so, the museum so the, at uh, Anthem. Uh, right, which Prime. is the old, which is old uh, Earth space dock. Yeah. Uh, with we have and we have all of these ships that are there, all the historic ships they're, are there. Which they're, I, and which they're they all like, outside, and yeah. it looks like a carnival ride at this point. <laughs> well, they're, they're an extra charge. That's why they're outside. Oh, yeah. Well, if you want to go see the are ship, they, you got to. Are they keeping extra. the good ones indoors? Because those were the good ones to me. Well, it's almost like uh, going and seeing like a naval ship, you know, dock on a dock. You know, it's a famous one, Dick Tour. You know, you maybe they just the... rotate them around. Maybe the rest of them are inside, and they just although all the ones we want to see apparently are on the outside when yeah. we get there. I, ironically, now, he, I, I, ironically, when you get on the carnival ride and you ride the ship around the outside rim, it plays "Pop Goes the Weasel." <gasps> wow! <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And then you get to you have to uh, jump in an empty space. <laughs> That's what the Titan did. It yeah. was like musical chairs. <laughs> right. Now, but, but one person who's not having a good time is Jordy. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, all right. Yes, hang, go hang on go one second. Yep. Go yep. back go back to the uh the external shot there. Yep. Hold on. So I thought this was also a stretchy scene, you know, where they were trying to fill in the gap. But well giving you eye we, candy, Craig. Yeah, the I, other the other yeah, the other say, part as well where which we'll get to where um, uh, 
Jack Seven starts naming them. And Jack. I'm sorry. That's what I was thinking of. Go ahead. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Then. Yeah. Okay. But uh, this is another thing I had a real problem with. Uh, Jordy and. Um, uh, Alondra. Alondra. Thank you. Um, Jordy is now our third permutation of I don't want to do the thing because it's risky. Yes. And it's like, okay, we've had that once with Shaw. Mm-hmm. We've had that once with Riker. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing it again. I just felt really disappointed that that's what they came up with for this time around. Like it, it, it needed to be more than that. And it wasn't, it was exactly the same thing again. Yeah. It, it wasn't like, good to see you, Admiral. What do you need? You know what? There was there was one review I did read that I think added a little light or made me think about this a little bit. So if you think about it, so all of these, everybody here, not everybody, but they all have children and they're worried about their children being able to take care of themselves like or pull their own weight. So like LeVar didn't want his daughters in danger, yet they were willing to step up. So it was all about it is about passing that torch, but at the same time, they're all reluctant to do so, uh, because they feel like, well, it's mom, me, I got to do, I got to do this thing. I got to make this right. Not, yeah, but that's not, my kids but fly. that's not what, that's not what Jordy even said. Jordy wanted to just leave. I know he, said, he wanted, also wanted to take his, before he, he take even, his daughter yeah. with him. before he even understood what the situation was or the risk was, he was like, yeah, I'm out. And, and he also wanted to take his daughter I, with him. I can understand. No. I can understand after he finds out, whoa, no, we're not going there. You know, hey, Jordy, we need some fake transponders so that we can outrun these bad guys. That's yeah. when he should have said no. But he just came on board and went, mm, no, no, I, I, I see yeah. you. Well, again, he was wanting to take his daughters, both of them, and leave, yep. even though one of them was totally willing to stay. Yep. So yep. it's all. Yeah. He, it's that passing the torch thing. He felt like it was too much responsibility on him. He can't protect his daughters yet. You can't do that. They got to, they got to step up. If they so want to. I, I understand. I understand the thought. I just feel like we've, you know, we've already had it. We've had it with Shaw, not wanting to put the crew in danger. Riker, same thing. And now Jordy, same mm-hmm. thing. When they it's made like, it, they made it very obvious. I mean, they, it was almost too obvious for the audience that they were having this discussion uh, between Jean-Luc and Jordy about their kids and passing on traits. Well, we're back on uh, Daystrom Station talking about data and inheriting and passing on traits and they get the hologram of Dr. Sung. And it was, it was a nice montage blendy thing but I thought it was too overt. Yeah. I So that's what's been disappointing me about these two episodes that I feel like it's almost like you didn't have a good idea of what to do to get Jordy into it. And you defaulted to the thing you'd already been doing. Well, and then, and, then they needed Sydney to talk him out. You know, it's like, Hey, you're free to go, but I'm staying here with family. Cause that's what you taught me. My ship is my family, and you know, she she says, you know, "I'm not afraid to step up and help them." You are, 
And of course we needed that moment to turn him around. Like, did we, did we really? And we've had some of the other characters like Jack talking, you know, Jack having discussions with Picard about Starfleet being family and mm-hmm. so forth and so on. So I, which he, he, he said a lot of uh, similar things to seven later on. Right. I, I right. did. I did like the scene with Jack and seven as much as the eye candy was there on all the ships. When they got to seven talking about Voyager, that was, that was a nice warm fuzzy for me. It was. Then you get right. to the bird of prey. And I honestly thought Jack wanted to steal it. I thought that was like, he's got a cloaking device. Really? Actually, <laughs> but to be honest with you, I thought that the Titan was going to be, uh, too easy of a target because of the transponder it being in its own beacon. I thought they were literally going to take the USS bounty. That's, that's what I thought too. He wanted to steal it. Cause Hey, they're not going to be tracking it, a Klingon bird of prey. Yeah. Not necessarily. It wouldn't have. Right. That, well, you know. every one is assume one assumes that all five of these ships, cause we, we saw the defiant. We saw the New Jersey, which is a classic constitution class yep. ship. We saw the enterprise, a <laughs> Voyager and the Klingon bird of prey. So in theory, none of these ships is tied in to the system. To whatever because network. They built that way. Yeah. And yeah, when, yeah. when they announced that all the ships now talk to each other, I went, wow, that's very Borg. Like when, when, well, was that something the changelings did, or is that a recent technology that Jean-Luc should have known about that Starfleet had in place? That, that's kind of where I went, what just happened here? My, my first thought went to, well, that makes, that puts extra emphasis on what happens at the end of Prodigy. That all the ships keep oh. showing up mm-hmm. because they're uh, all getting uh, this, okay. right? They're all tied in together. Well, even airplanes today do that you know they have transponders on them you know yeah they know where they're at apparently not malaysian airlines 370 not that too one. soon too soon yeah it's only been nine show, years same of our show i know you probably watched the documentary i did watch the documentary see i told you <laughs> hey by the way i did love that whole montage it was great to i know it felt like a little bit of a filler but at the same time uh there was a lot of eye candy it was great to see those ships and uh, Jack was like, no, that's a defiant. I know that one. And they talk, you know, they're just taking a moment to talk about the stuff. And then I like Sam and um, I sort of say breaking down, but that's not right. But she, she let her guard down a little bit yeah. and realized, you know, that was her home and her family. And then we find out data is the manifest. Da, 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 da. That's right. But well, they, they, they've got multiple, all, not really right, data. He's all the personalities in there at once. Like, I wouldn't turn that thing on. Are you crazy? Lore's going to jump out at you. Well, it's interesting because it's, it's even Lol is in there. And I'm wondering, well, what, where did they get the information for Lol from? Because, I mean, is that, she died. Is that, yeah, I know. Yeah, it was, yeah, she's gone. But I downloaded he, her before she left. He's a, data, he's a data amalgamation. He's a, yeah, so data, he's a got, data aggregator. <laughs> you've got LOL, you've got B4, you've got data, you've got lore, and yeah. you've got... Um, I was so, I was surprised when they mentioned uh, LOL. I went, well, whatever really happened to her body, I guess, when they were done with it. So yeah, you put it in the replicator and it turns back into energy for your next All right, lunch. We'll sign this and send it off to Daystrom. <laughs> so, but I thought it was now, interesting that they mixed them all together. Right. And 
of course, we're all thinking, wait a minute, let's get, let's stop at 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 lore. If you're going to like turn this thing back on again, let's really think about what you're doing here. Yeah. But they have to take him because he they've discovered he is the manifest, which is good because when they only had an hour to do the thing that they needed to do and they're spending all of the time in that hour having the discussion about data and watching the whole movies from message <laughs> i'm going remember the hour that you only had yes. before yeah so it's a good thing that was, that was two hours ago yeah exactly <laughs> that's like when they start the countdown 10 9 8 and then they cut away and they come back five seconds later seven six <laughs> like what yeah uh the but com- fortunately, the computer's the only one talking here so fortunately, they they are able to leave with, we'll call it data for lack of a better term, um, because Jack and Sydney have stolen or uh, absconded appropriated <laughs> with the cloaking device from the bounty, and and hence the name of the episode, the bounty. The the Titan becomes cloaked. Like I'm reading huge EM readings, and it gets cloaked. And Jordy accuses Jean Louis. Goes, I would never do anything to deceive you, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And he says, Do you know how many Federation uh, protocols or what was that? How many penalties you're getting? He says, I guess I'll just have to add it to my tab, <laughs> right? Because it's it's illegal for the Federation to have a cloak to use cloaking technology into their. Yeah, it's because that was a deal with the Rom. Well, the Romulans probably can't really do much about it anymore, can they? So, I don't know. I, I did like Worf. I suspect uh, superior superior Wolf, Klingon, Wolf technology. Klingon technology. Yeah, <laughs> he was right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give it to him. He knew uh, his stuff. Yeah, but in, but I thought it was interesting that uh, I don't know how this cloak was misfiring, but at one point. As that first wave goes through the ship and they, when they start to realize that the ship is getting cloaked, seven goes to a console and you can see stars on the, it's like, you can see right through the show. Oh yeah. Yeah. That I was like, Whoa, oh, I missed that. I'm going to go look again. Yeah. It looks like uh, you could see right through the ship. Uh, but, or I think, it, I think it was probably cloaking the console. You know, kinda... say, well, that's really making the ship disappear. It's completely gone. You can't see it from yeah. the inside either. It's like Wonder Woman shit. It's just a bunch of people like standing around in space. Where did we park? I don't know. Um, and ev- so everybody's able to leave except for one person gets left behind. On, on Daystrom Station. On Daystrom Station. Yes, Riker, he gets tagged. He does. He gets tagged with this this season's thing. Which a is transporter, a transporter inhibitor. inhibitor. They like those things, don't they? Yeah. We've had a lot of them. Uh, oh, that's convenient. I, I so, did get the, I, I did get a nice, another warm, fuzzy feeling when Jordy sees data. Mm. Yeah. Just the way he said data. Uh, he was trying to, uh, he was smiling and then thinking of the complications there. That was that. Well, that was good acting from LeVar Burton just oh, like, yeah. Hey, he, you, you could tell it's old friends meeting up, even though data wasn't activated yet. It's like, mm-hmm. Whoa, never thought I'd see this guy again. You died twice. So oh, then but, we uh, get, Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, data referred to himself as Daystrom Android M510. Yes. I caught that as well. 
Well, yeah. from Daystrom and M5, I would unplug them immediately. <laughs> yeah. Because right. Daystrom and M5 do not, right. M5 they, do not have a good don't don't, don't end well. Don't name your product M5, all right? No. Yeah. The, uh, I, I, I was thinking of Forrest Gump turning on data as like opening a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> well, what we get is Brent Spiner's dream. To play he and he, he every can, character. He can still bring those characters out just with the facial expressions. I love oh, he that. Did. It's like as soon he as he did. grins, it's like there's lore. As soon as he went into his B4, like, yeah. It was like Yeah. That and he did funny. data. He went he had that kind of you know, kind of thing with his mouth, like Law's gonna be the tough one to pull off, I think. You know, that's that's gonna be the challenge. <laughs> I don't think you she's coming know, out man. to play. Yeah. We also found out that he has, at least as far as I'm concerned, a new skill. He's also that a projector. Projector eyes, yes. Binocular projector eyes. Yeah. That would have been convenient back in the day. But it takes yeah, because, a long time to warm up and focus, apparently. It yeah. does. Well, he's 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 just been turned hey, on. So he's you know it's the bulb the bubble's been burned out for all these years. They just yeah. finally replaced it. It's because like, they keep it's saying like, what's it's, it's like Clinton's old TV. It has to warm up. It's got <laughs> tubes. <laughs> Yeah, they keep saying, so what got stolen? And and Data keeps looking, saying Jean-Luc Picard. Yes, yes, we know, but what got stolen? Yeah. Jean-Luc Picard. So yes, I'm right here. So apparently because they have Kirk's body. You they also have, also have, have Picard's body. Picard's body. Because why not? When you get jumped into an android, you never, don't leave your old trunk behind. Well, I, when it was, when that image was fuzzy and there were, uh, it was fading in. I was like, "Why does that look like Odo?" You know, <laughs> I thought, uh, you know, I, just before this shot that you got in the screen, uh, you know, just before that, I was it's like, "Now where my mind went?" I thought it was an adult plaything. Oh my! And it turns out to be a bald John Luke. On that was close. <laughs> oh yeah, man. face palm suddenly going on here. <laughs> oh. I mean, so we jump back to the Shrike. Riker's getting tortured by a changeling that turns into Vatic because you think it's one of these, you know, bird people, whatever it was. No, it wasn't a bird. It was somebody with holes in their face. And then it turns into Vatic. Right. And he says, yeah, I'm not going to give up any information. I have loyalty of 35 years. Why would I screw my secrets to you? And the show ends with them revealing that they've got Deanna. Or do they? Right. How do you know? That's my, that, I was instantly skeptical going, it's, it might not be her, but he thinks it is based on the expression on his face, or maybe he's leading them to believe, here we go again, round and round, never, you know do, what? never go. I have a do, feeling. Never bet against use, a Sicilian. I think he's, yeah, I think he's going to probably talk about his son to her and, or use that to find out if that's a changeling or not. Right. Because yeah, he would. He wouldn't have any other way to figure out if she is a changeling other than to details that would get emotional like, reactions and like like the Federation might have information on their their daughter, but their son died a long time ago. Maybe not. So when Vatic was wanting to know, I want to know all the information about blah blah blah. You know, they may may not know that, so he can use that as a and I think I was thinking that Imzadi might be another one that might trip up a change. Booty, and she. Oh, uh, yeah. It's not. It's the wrong word. Yeah. And then, yeah. So well, we'll have to see. Um, I, 
I'm not sure. I think we're, we were all left going. I because we had that same feeling about Roe, and you know, and yep. gut reaction was I'm not sure. Hey, they not said sure at, the, at the beginning they said trust no one, so we're doing just that. Also, if there are any changelings still left on board the Titan, because how do you figure out which ones are? Every time somebody leaves the room, the person that comes back into the room, uh, how do you know that's them? Get Jack. He's got did. a he's got a changeling yeah. detector built in. Oh, I'll say, I'll say, just let him roam the ship. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Oh no. All every right. every day he has to sit in a chair, and they they run the crew by him until he decides. So we knew we were going to run long, and we definitely did on this one Ooh, because man, lot, very lot, long. <laughs> lot, yeah, a lot to talk about here. But right, you got you got some more suspect chatter. Uh, no. Uh, so let us do our ratings on this. What do we want to, uh, what's our scale of, uh, uh, was it sophisticated AI systems? Let's do that. Yes. Sophisticated AI systems. <laughs> so, so, uh, Chuck on a scale of one to 10 sophisticated AI systems. I'm going to go with an eight. Again, I was a little put off by the repetition, uh, in certain places, the pace, but I liked the fact that they keep you guessing, trust no one. And, yeah, we 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 had some we had some nice, friendly and familiar faces. Albeit Moriarty could have been a little more fleshed out or or had a better part in the show. Yeah, maybe he comes back. I don't know, but it seemed a little too easy to defeat him. So I'm going to go with an eight. Okay, all right, and uh, I think Craig, you're you'll be next. All right, uh, I'm going to go with eight eight and a half because uh, again, I. I thought it worked out pretty well this episode. I know the repetition about the AI thing. Yeah, but you're right. I was like, wow, they're really bearing down on the AI. But I I love the the interaction between Jack and Seven and even uh Jack and uh Lavar's or uh Jordy's daughters. Yeah. Keep your hands um, off my daughter. Stay away from my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's lining something up there. Uh all that stuff. I thought it was great. I thought it was some good moments. Yeah. All right. And I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going a half a point lower Ooh. on this one down to seven from seven and a half from the previous one, because I'm feeling fatigue and I really shouldn't be feeling fatigue mm. on this story at this point. It's making me very nervous that it's starting to drift into season one, season two ramble a bit. And I'm yep. hoping, I'm hoping that it pulls out of that. Yeah, but right that, now, yeah. Right now, it's just I didn't like a third go at that. I I I enjoyed the fan service, but I thought, okay, we're really milking the fan service. Every ship that you can look out out there is one that you're familiar with. The artifacts on Daystrom, yeah, it was. I I, I made a note at the top. I said they should have called this one museum. <laughs> not not the bounty. It should have been just called the museum. Well, I like the fact that it was called the bounty because you're thinking one thing, you're thinking like Jack Crusher, and no, we mean the HMS bounty. You know, actually, so that, that was the first thing I thought of was the bird of prey. That's how ah, ner well, nerdy my brain went. <laughs> it's right in. It's right there. All well, right. The, hey, the New Jersey was new for us. It was. It was. Um, don't know what so, the New Jersey did, but apparently it was really important. So that's good. <laughs> It was important because it looked like the Enterprise. That's why it, it was important. It was the only constant class that didn't get destroyed. That's right. All right. So let's move on really quickly to our Warp Speed Roundtable. And this is a, a very simple one because just overall impression. But we're now more than halfway through. 
the final season of Picard. So just an idea of either characters or situation or something. What type of spinoff show, if you knew, you were Alex Kurtzman or could pitch Alex Kurtzman, what, what kind of idea for a, a spinoff would you want off of this? Warf. Um, so Warf. More okay, Warf. So you want just, so just, uh, just Warf. You just want to have, whatever, whatever it is, Warf should be in it. Yeah. The, the okay. like the adventures of Warf or the, the, the missions of the, the, the jobs he picks up. It was either that or Jordy at the museum, but I thought, you know, just walking around and looking at the ships every episode might get a little old. Yeah. And you have a dinosaur roaming around in the Easter yeah. Island statue come to life every night. Uh, Craig, what about you? Night in the Fleet Museum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that Commander Decker? <laughs> <laughs> no. It was, but not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked to seen V'ger in, uh, in the Daystrom. Uh, Ghost no, of Abraham so- Lincoln. <laughs> Yeah, um, I still think a Wharf and Raffi show where they're fighting crime on Metallus Prime, and you can use that by the way, fighting crime on Metallus Prime. Ooh, I like it. Um, <laughs> either that, or I I kind of see where they're going a little bit because they hinted before the season started that there could be a next next generation, and you're kind of seeing that so. Um, I could see something with, with Jack and, uh, Jordy's daughters and even seven, you know, in there. So I don't know, but Worf and Worf and the, uh, Worf and Raffi. I, I would like to see a series with seven in charge of the Titan Ooh. because I feel like her character is kind of like Spock in a way she's trying to balance these two worlds she was human she's she was borg and she's kind of having to deal with all of that and to have her in charge of ship maybe it's not even the titan maybe it's some other ship yeah i was but, gonna say what are you gonna do with uh, captain shaw i well, write him we'll see if he he's survives gonna, to the end we'll see he's gonna be around um so that's what i would like to see i like to see exploration of that character because i think especially from last season into this season, this, this concept of she's now gone, she's seen herself back as human again and has had to make some choices about, you know, what she is and, and how she interacts with other people. Mm-hmm. So I, I would really like to see much more of that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think seven's fleshed out a little bit more and she's in that spot. Yeah. That would be good to say I, whatever comes up. I hope she's involved because I, I do like her character. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of people were calling for a USS Titan show or Star Trek Titan. I was like, I think that's a little on the nose. I still think that I think they're going to have something with the newer characters and you'll see a sprinkling of TNG from time to time. Yeah. I, I think that probably sounds because the idea that was kicking around, I, I was reading today was this concept of Star Trek legacy. Yep. And that kind of was that, that kind of concept mm-hmm. of it's about, the next next generation but you still have you know and it doesn't have to be just next generation you could you, then you can bring in other people from ds9 and voyager into that if you sure. want to quark quark brunt yeah brunt <laughs> brunt gets a call out who, who would have thought that who star trek that? brunt brunt fca <laughs> <laughs> All right, but it's about time to refill the dilithium chamber and warp on out of here. 
long show but short goodbye so you can find me clinton at comedy forecast all one word with the number four dot com and who speaks for you guys go ahead chuck you can find us by searching for technorama podcast anywhere you find find search engines on the internet or look for technorama podcast wherever you find fine podcasts we probably won't be with the fine podcast but we'll be in there somewhere and be sure to ask your favorite sophisticated AI security system. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's time to hit the theme, boys. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend about it and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on Twitter at The Topic is Trek. Visit our Facebook page or visit thetopicistrek.com. Until next time, on behalf of Chuck, Craig, and myself, I'm Clinton, thanking you for listening. And as we always say here on The Topic is Trek, don't, Don't put, put on, on the, the red, red shirt. shirt. If you're a changeling, yeah, it's fine. You can put on that red shirt. Was that an F sharp? <laughs>